All right, we are live. RTD Midday News, Mike and Paul. Mr. Paul, how you doing, my friend? Doing good today, Mike. How you doing? There's a lot of stuff going on every 24 hours in the news cycle nowadays. It's just getting crazy out there. Exactly. And I see a continuation of that same exact thing. And so I wanted to today touch on the economic ramifications that will impact your financial uh, dealings and well-being. And it happens to be with the current attempt to combat something that's uncombatable <laughs> in the form of this human malware or this health scare that's underway. And so what better way to try to keep the economy going other than to look like there's something worthy of fighting for. And it happens to be throwing currencies at this situation as if that's really going to help when it goes well beyond that. So got a couple articles I want to share and go from there. So as always, Mr. Haddock, if you got anything you want to chime in on, feel free to do so. Mm -hmm. I'm going to open free and flow. And let me check into the chat real quick. Go ahead. You say something? Yes, it does. It, it is. The, the throwing money at this problem is not going to help this problem because it's the global supply chain problem. And uh, let me just make one point before you address the chat real quick, Mike. Go ahead. Um, yesterday, I went for myself to see with my own eyes. We were talking about hand sanitizer. Remember that uh, yesterday? Yeah. I went to Walmart to see with my own eyes, and there was not one single bottle of hand sanitizer in my local Walmart. And nobody is concerned about this at all. There's no confirmed human malware in my state. Yeah. And, you know, it's one of those things where people don't have a care in the world about it, and there was still not one thing. So, you know, this is a supply constraint issue, and throwing money at limited supply does not solve anything. All it does is accelerate the hyperinflation and the crack-up boom, which I think has begun. Yeah. Then news coming out yesterday saying India just banned the exportation of 26 different pharmaceutical components. One of them was paracetamol, which is Tylenol, right? Fever mm -hmm. control, one of the most basic medicines there is. And this is on the heels of last month when it was the PPE, the masks mm -hmm. and the gowns and all that stuff. So throwing money at this mm -hmm. is not the solution because you're talking about a supply chain disruption. Yeah. But anyway, I had to throw that out there. That sounds, sounds good. So that's very true. Day, there's yeah. examples of why throwing money at it won't work. Right. Now watch this. Or For a play on words, let me... Not correct, but just reinforce and remind. Like, like we're saying, you're, you're saying throwing money at. They're throwing currency at. Yes. And so a part of the weaponization I'm going to get into is the fact that I'm going to show some graphs with you which from the Federal Reserve himself. And so in an attempt to keep things, the new norm going, they're going to be throwing an unlimited amount of currency at anything that uh, will accept it. And so we got the repo market oversubscribed again. And so that clearly is, is a meltdown in the financial realm. I got a question as to some companies or some businesses that's receiving funds that I've never heard of. But, you know, we'll touch on that. So currency will be used as a weapon. So prior to this health scare breaking out, climate control was a big issue. And so I'm yeah. sure you remember central banks talking about how we need to combat climate control by whatever they were going to attempt to do. So that right now might not be the primary primary priority, but this health scare will be. And so I want to actually kick this off with something that you brought to my attention. And I'm going to share it on the screen here because it plays into more of why you can anticipate any type of, any, they're going to throw anything at it. So here's the article here. IMF announces 50 billion program to fight. Mm -hmm. And so to fight the outbreak. So my question, Mr. Half Dollar, just without even going deep into this, this this title itself, how do you fight a health situation with an increase in currency and, and basically them extending debt to broke nations already? How do you fight that? 
You don't. You can't. I mean, what is this? This isn't even window dressing. This is an insult, right? I mean, they're doing they're doing more than this in the repo market every single day, just to to just so banks can loan between each other in the United States, right? Yeah. I mean, this is like. This is an insult, really. It is. It's like, you know, you know, having that that poor down on his luck family member coming up to you and be like, you know, I'm down on my luck. You know, I could really use, you know, some money. I just need a little help, a little assistance to get by, get me by, you know, and you're like, great, here's five bucks. Well, what is that going to do? That's not going to do anything. Right. <laughs> so the other thing is it's zero percent interest, right? So they're pushing this onto nations who can't afford it and they're giving mm-hmm. them zero percent interest rates. So what does that mean? That means, hey, when you can't afford it, right, we're going to either, you know, take over control of your tow road highways or you're going to mm-hmm. have to give us some of your gold and now we're going to enforce austerity on you. So this yeah. is not the solution. And, you know, it's immediately available. Right. So, right. you know, anything to keep the corrupt, fraudulent banking system corrupt and fraudulent is what they're doing. And why people aren't just sick and irritated of it, of destroying the currency at this point. I don't know. I mean, I guess people just don't understand what's going on, really. Yeah, very true. And as you were talking, I was looking at this little segment that stood out to me. It says the IMF would like to see the money, the currency used First, to bolster healthcare systems and then for targeted fiscal stimulus programs and to help liquidity. Mm-hmm. So it's been extended as a loan, but they want it to help the healthcare system. So at this point, as you just mentioned, India's not shipping anything out and China's not producing nothing. So how will it exactly bolster or help the healthcare system, especially in a third world, second world nation? It's already, they have no infrastructure. So how do you all of a sudden now get the latest technology equipment yeah, or something yeah. like that if nobody's you know exporting? So it, questionable. It, exactly. I want to compare what you're saying right now in contrast to something else, because this is an awesome point. Scroll mm-hmm. up to the top of that article, because what is in that article, if I remember, was the word immediately. Mm-hmm. Let me see if that word is in there. Is that... um. Oh, okay. I can't remember. Um, well, I think it said immediately somewhere else where I saw it. But basically, they're saying they're immediately oh, doing this. There you go. Immediately, yep. Immediately. Yep. So think about this. They're immediately throwing this at it. Well, I mean, the IMF is a bureaucratic organization with tons of red tape, and so are countries. And if they're talking about using it towards fiscal programs, how long is that going to take, right? If you're immediately fighting something, but you have to develop fiscal programs yeah. to get it put to work, that's not, you know, you don't have that kind of time if we're talking about fighting this human malware. Yeah. So yeah. that's kind of contrasting with something that just popped up minutes ago mm-hmm. and that's the first human malware case in nevada and i've been talking about this all week and this is very very important because i don't think that las vegas can survive this yeah. here's my point with that the news reports coming out are not saying las vegas they're mm-hmm. saying nevada why kind of like the same thing but the opposite effect right where the imf is saying immediately but if they're talking about a program and fiscal stimulus well that takes time mm-hmm. kind of the opposite effect in the mainstream media they don't want to spook the markets so they're not saying las vegas they're saying nevada but if you look at where that was that was at the va center in las vegas where they detected that human malware so you know for the one side for the mainstream you're downplaying it when mm-hmm. you get to the official response you're saying we're doing stuff immediately when you're really not and then no wonder why the public is just totally and completely confused about all this mike <laughs> yeah and so here we are a case in nevada of course they're not going to tell us where so uh well, they say the Southern Nevada Regional VA, which is in Las Vegas. In Las Vegas. So, yeah. Okay. So, they're, they're trying not to create a panic in that area there because once the, the – you know, so, I would imagine right now, I would imagine Vegas itself is not really booming right now because I would imagine based upon that mar- the market activity, 
the the stock prices for all those hotel chains and gambling casinos they're not doing well either because more people are concerned with now probably spending their funds in preparation for worst case scenarios than they are actually going out there dropping it on a slot machine and and, and, and taking their chance at uh, acquiring more of that currency. So it's not going it's going to fail. Now, as a response to this, the Federal Reserve made a cut. I was you know I was surprised it was fifty basis points. Apparently, there hasn't been a fifty basis point cut since a great you know, crisis we had before. Mm -hmm. So to you, does that literally spell crisis? Like, you know, the fact that we haven't, we're seeing measurements that hasn't been seen in the last decade. So it's good to say without them admitting it, that we're already in a full blown crisis. Yeah, absolutely. And the more they downplay it and the more they try and make it sound like, well, you know, the fundamentals are still strong. And the more they try and play both of those cards at the same time, the more that you know that it's, it's getting, in fact, much more serious. Yeah. Um, you know, all I see from the central bank and from the politicians are downplaying this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, well, we're doing what we can to respond. You know, we're just going to give like a preventative cut. What didn't they give a preventative cut last year? And, and, and <laughs> wasn't that what that whole thing was about? And then at the end of the year, you know, we're kind of like interest rates where they are now. Now we're kind of in good. Oh, now all of a sudden, not even two months in. Well, I guess it would have been March, right? Because I guess yeah. we had already started months. So in the third month, you know, you're already just reversing course again. So why anybody still armchair quarterbacks the Fed as if they have some sort of legitimacy with what they're doing? They're totally destroying the currency. And I like how you put mm-hmm. it because I said money and it is not, in fact, money. And people are going to learn that when they get burned by holding it, right? And they realize that this actually is not money. It's debt-based. It's unbacked debt-based fiat currency. Yeah. So, it, you know, you know, the IMF is throwing $50 billion at this. What's that going to do? The, the, the Fed is throwing tens of billions at this every day just in the banking system, yeah. right? Just in the banking system. Yeah. And so as a response to this current crisis that's underway now, it's being it's sped up and it's, it's, it's going to reach new heights because of the health scare. And it really hasn't even taken effect publicly in this country yet. So if they're responding to something that, you know, I believe that, you know, the 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 the, the banking sector and whatever was held, all, all, all the piping for the old monetary system burst back in September with this repo action. Mm-hmm. And so I actually got something on the screen I'm going to share with you guys right here. And so a lot of people have commented on this and we, we haven't touched on it on either show, but I thought we might as well touch on it here. Mm-hmm. But it's about, you know, the term repo record oversubscribed as market liquidity craters. And so if the economy is doing so good, then why are there so many financial institutions still looking for liquidity to be being provided to them mm-hmm. at basically zero cost or, you know, you know, just with no real desire to repay it back, in my personal opinion. And so once again, like I've, I haven't touched on this much just because it's going to it's a continuation from last September. So it's nothing new. Mm-hmm. It spells crises. But. At some point, they won't be able to continue the term repo time frame because it looks like they minimized the, what they're willing to give out as they were supposed to be di- winding this down by April. Mm-hmm. And so they will not be winding this down. Therefore, they're going to be picking it up. So they officially have to make some type of formal announcement as to it being quantitative easy mm-hmm. like because they, they won't be able to get away with this and and, and keep this keep the markets or well, not stable, but. They will have to announce some form of injection directly, and they won't be able to use this cover up of a term repo any longer. Do you think, or, that, or they can keep this on? No, I do think because it's just like we've been talking about. Everything is only getting worse. Nothing mm-hmm. at all is getting better, and it's only getting worse. So, yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. And the more that I think about it, and you know, the more that this news has come out, um, you know, we're probably going straight to zero um, here in March. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because we, you know. 
earlier in the week, we started talking how much time is going to pass before we start announcing like fiscal stimulus and more rate cuts and more this and all that. Yeah. We're probably going to have to like do that emergency meeting seriously next week because, you know, they're probably going straight to zero because look at what we have, right? We have more states every mm -hmm. single day that are yeah. coming online. And this yeah. is, you know, slow, right? It, the Our response has been slow to this overall yeah. and the message has been mixed. So, you know, we're getting nothing but bad um, um, news mm -hmm. and it's coming in at a trickle, but pretty soon yeah. it's just going to be an overwhelming trickle, right? Yeah. So, you know, th they're going to have to throw much more at this, um, yeah. if that made sense there. It, it does. So we, we do have a super chat. I want to make sure I acknowledge this uh, publicly. So it's, it's a question. So we'll both touch on it. It says, do you believe the Fed will use this as an opportunity to invest in certain digital assets? And should I consider doing so myself? So Tony, great question there. And so me and Mr. Halfdollar have opposing viewpoints in a sense on the subject matter. So I'm going to share mine and let Mr. Halfdollar share his because I think it's both. It's good to get both perspectives and then do what you think is best. And so do you believe the Fed will use this opportunity to invest in certain digital assets? Um, I don't think they're going to use this as an opportunity to invest. I think that uh, if they want to keep some type of confidence out there in the mainstream, especially with the younger population, I can see them directly getting into the digital assets with the purchasing of Bitcoin, like all those major coins, because also think about the infrastructure is being set up by the banking sector as well to also get involved with this. So what better way to help transition or prop up and keep some type of excitement amongst all the old markets dying other than the Federal Reserve pumping some currency into the digital assets? So I do believe that it'll be in the Federal Reserve's best interest if they want to appease some generation, whether it's the younger or whatever, by allowing Bitcoin, like all those coins to raise in value nominally because of them buying into it. So, yes, they, it, I think it will. They will go up because the currency is going to go down. So it's it's, it's kind of like built into the cake. Now, whether you should get in or not, you know, that's based upon what's your risk tolerance, because if it goes to zero, you lose everything. If it goes to a million, you gain everything nominally. But yet in a hyperinflation environment, will purchase power be there? So it's whatever you feel is best. But I think the Federal Reserve will get involved in that market. Yes. Mr. Havdal, what do you think? I mean, what is a digital asset? I mean, there's no such thing as a digital <laughs> asset, right? I mean, what is that? That's a bit in cyberspace, right? And maybe it's like some math, you know, trust the math. Yeah. No, I don't agree with this at all. And as a yeah. matter of fact, the other day you were talking about how, um, you know, well, if, if you're trying to transact, you know, what, what good is well, – here's the thing, right? Mm -hmm. We were talking about what's it going to come to, right, mm -hmm. when the currencies go. And one of the things we were talking about was silver. And that's the cool thing about the Coinage Act of 1792 is that mm – -hmm. It was based, and the actual law reads off of the Spanish milled dollar. Mm -hmm. Interchangeable, totally. So, you know, remember, half dollar is a weight, right? It's half of the weight of one dollar. A dime is a tenth of the weight of a dollar, right? Mm -hmm. A quarter is one-fourth of the weight of a dollar. Um, but here's the point with that, right? So, you know, if you're in one country and you're buying something and it costs a half an ounce and you pay with an ounce of silver, well, it doesn't matter if it's a silver eagle or if it's a Mexican Libertad or if it's a Canadian maple or if it's a Philharmonic or whatever it is, mm -hmm. they're giving you back a half an ounce, right? Yeah. Because it's a weight and it's a purity. But like, what if it's like these digital assets and you're doing something peer to peer? Mm -hmm. um, you know, well, if you're paying in Bitcoin, but there's like 20 gazillion different cryptocurrencies. Well, you don't really want to get back Litecoin. Do you see what I'm saying? So it's not yeah. even interchangeable like that. You can't go to one country that uses Bitcoin and use another country that uses Litecoin and then get it interchanged like that, like you could with yeah. gold or silver. Because, you know, one ounce of fine nine, one ounce of fine gold, right? Triple nine silver, 
Mm-hmm. Triple nine silver is triple nine silver the world around, right? And yeah. then it's just a matter of weight. Yeah. Um, so I don't think that the Fed is going to be investing in digital assets. I mean, they're not even really assets. All they are to me are digital speculations. Um, mm-hmm. Because like, what exactly is a digital asset, right? What exactly is one Bitcoin, right? You can't define these things, right? Yeah. They're not units of measure. That's why gold and silver, that's why the dollar is a unit of measure. You can define a dollar, right? A dollar mm-hmm. is a specific weight. Mm-hmm. and purity of silver. And then there are derivatives of that, right? You've right. got the the half eagle, the eagle, the double eagle, which are all in gold. Then mm-hmm. you have like the dime, the half dollar, the quarter, which are all in silver. But they're all derivatives of weights and purities of gold and silver. Um, did any of that make any sense? Yeah, um, it, I'm just, it's, 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 yeah. look, look, the best thing is this, right? Cryptocurrency, how it stands now, is best for people who either are not good at math or aren't good at technology or aren't good at money. So if people are investing in this, you know, to me, it means that they've got to learn in one of those areas because they're lacking. Yeah. Now, I personally, you know, I can understand completely. And it's one of the things where this is a this is this question here is more of a what should I do from the standpoint of how can I profit and how can I end up better off after all this happens. And so, of course, to me, as you mentioned, weight is money. Money is weight. Like, so going back with gold and silver, that's the foundational asset that has been historical. So my personal opinion, you build upon that. Anything above that. And so the the ultimate derivative happens to be the national currencies is what we're talking about now. So those are spinoffs. Those were spinoffs of weight back in the day that were reneged upon. And now we're going to be transitioned into a digital economy. So when we talk about digital assets, I think it's more so a play on words, because if paper is removed like the way like the way they want it to be removed. And so let me put this on screen here. Um, This is a little article that I talked about uh, last. No, wrong one. This is an article I talked about last night about how the mainstream narrative is now cash is going to be dangerous so so now cash is going to be dangerous and then i was commenting on how australia has a cash ban bill going through and then we have all the cashless society pushes around us and the u.s dollar or the federal reserve note will be the last instrument that will be um utilized but then also the last instrument that will be taken out of circulation in the way that it is now and so what will be the power powers that be's desired outcome for us is to take us into something and i threw out the word e-dollar whether it comes from the Treasury, more than likely it will, because the Federal Reserve will will basically blow themselves up. They, they're going to tarnish their own reputation because the words federal and reserve linked mm-hmm. together with anything like labeled dollar will become very uh, problematic pretty soon. So what will be rolled out, I believe, will be something E with E, e on the beginning. Mm-hmm. Now, with that being the case, it will be considered an asset because if it's legal tender offered by the Treasury, it's, go- it's going to be, lit- you know, all that centrally control, all that stuff mimicking the old system, but it will be considered an asset. So I think people talk about digital assets in regards to Bitcoin, it, it by being decentralized, all those things that we've been told it is. But that, I believe they, they're going to address that after the e-dollar is rolled out, in my personal opinion. But going into the digital asset class, will the e-dollar be considered an asset, even though it's legal tender when it when it comes out? The e-dollar will, yes. I think the e-dollar will, because the e-dollar is, and I actually really, really, really like that, right? Mm-hmm. Because other people have been calling it Fed coin, and I think you're right. The Fed is going to have a bad stigma when this is over. Mm -hmm. So, and I'm actually looking at it right now, like lowercase e and a capital D, the E dollar. I mean, that's perfect, (laughs) Mike. That's probably what it's going to be called. And like you called it. But um, yes, because remember, right, the only thing that backs the U.S. dollar right now is the United States military. 
right? Mm -hmm. As far as like we force it, right? Yeah. So because it's going to have that force, it will in fact be an asset. Yes, mm -hmm. I will totally agree with that. Um, but as far as just the private blockchain based, you know, startup cryptos and all this and all that, I do not consider those assets. I mean, it's harsh, right? And and people might think I'm being harsh about it or, or, or putting somebody down. I'm really actually not, right? That's yeah. not what my point is here. Yeah. Um, but but as far as the e-dollar, yeah, that would be a digital asset. And I think they are moving towards that. And they have the perfect cover to do this now, don't they? Yeah. Now, one of the things that, and so playing into digital assets. So this is something that I believe will be spun out after this market correction. And so the, 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 the stock markets, the way we know them today, or the way they were back in the Great Depression timeframe, there were actually physical paper certificates that you can claim rights to you had it in your possession whatever we got away from that and, and since then who knows who owns what and so as a part of establishing a trustful system a, a a system where people can begin trusting again i see all the corporations that are listed on the major indexes around the world the dow the nasdaq sp all those companies they will they're going to probably roll out a tokenized stock style asset which will be labeled a digital asset. And so there's a push in the crypto community area in general about tokenizing everything. And so tokenizing will probably be given to the public as a way of actually, you know, not you, you're not physically owning, but you're digitally holding your own assets because it's verifiable, da, 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 you can trust it. So the, the, I believe as when, once the markets crash, the way to get the younger crowd back into it will be to offer tokenized where they can see it, have it, you know, they're, they're, code on their phone or whatever do you see that being something that can be rolled out as a digital asset yes and no yes but here's the thing right i don't think it's going to be big like people think it's going to be as far as the tokenization because what is it it's a distributed ledger it's the blockchain so if you start tokenizing the world right i mean how much electricity is that going to require i mean there are literal like technological challenges that you can't get over Mm -hmm. Right. You can't get over that. How much network broadband, you know, network, uh, 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 how much bandwidth is going to be needed for all of this digital tokenization of the world? How much electricity is going to be needed for all of this digital tokenization of the world? So it's not going to be all of these different cryptos and all of this stuff on a distributed ledger. I mean, you know, if somebody ships beef across the country and it's on the blockchain and the truck broke down and it ran out of refrigerant for 12 hours, <laughs> they're not going to want to let anybody know. They're just going to keep that hush hush and think that nobody gets like E. coli from it. You know what I mean? So yeah. people don't, you know, so, so the way that people think that this is developing, I really don't think it's going to be that way at all. I think it's, mm -hmm. you know, it's like, it's like, you know, back in the fifties when everybody was going to be having flying cars by the turn of the century, you know, mm -hmm. yes, the distributed ledger is great. Yes. Blockchain is great, but they are just tools that we've already had. Now it's just in a more secure, digital, encrypted way. Mm -hmm. But, you know, you don't have the infrastructure to support the tokenization of the world. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I agree as a, at this current moment, this infrastructure may not be built out, but knowing that they want us to go digital, it will be ready when it's needed for them to continue on with, with whatever they want to usher us into. And so touching back on the weaponization of currencies. And so I actually wanted to bring up some things here, because if you look at where we're at now, the math no longer adds up. And so what I mean by math is the fact that right now I had a conversation with a, a baby boomer yesterday who was retired and he was you know, just in hearing his story. It made me kind of I just rethink a lot of things on my end. And it had to do with the fact that he bought the mainstream narrative, did everything he was supposed to work, 35 years, retired. And now he's like, man, I'm unhappy as I don't know what. 
and he was just describing why he's that way. And he was saying that everything he thought he's working for at this current point of his life is not present. His, him and his wife is not, they're no longer close. The grandkids terrorizing his house. And he like, his wife don't want to leave nowhere to travel nowhere. So he's stuck. And so I'm thinking like, wow, like, so I believe our generation, <laughs> it's going to be a disruption before we get to that point. And the reason I, I say that, I want to actually pull up the debt clock. Because mm -hmm. if you just look at the math itself and how unsustainable it is, we're already at a point where the tax point tax cut 2.0 has to come this summer mm -hmm. in order to keep this narrative going from the fiscal side of things. There's going to be some injection of some fiscal policies coming. Federal Reserve, as you mentioned, might go to zero or below zero. QE is coming. And so this balance sheet right here on the screen is the U.S. debt clock. We're already at 107 percent of GDP, which means that we're living on borrowed time. And so for everyone that looks at their national currency as a viable store or mechanism for long term usage, mm -hmm. it's not going to be the case because it, it cannot be. Because at this point, if there is no borrowers, then how are they going to continue to issue it without it becoming problematic when it comes to actually purchasing goods and services? Right. And so, Mr. Half Dollar. So they're just going to issue it. They're yeah. just going to issue it. Right. Exactly. And so that that's that's basically saying they see a problem. They have to combat that problem, and the weapon will be a currency. Right? Mm -hmm. So the central banks can only do one thing, which is to increase their reserves. Like that is the primary weapon that will be used against humanity. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And if you're not, if you don't understand this, you know, which is sad because it's most of the baby boomers in this country. If we're just talking about the United States, right? Mm -hmm. um, but just generally, anybody who's worked all their lives and saved all their lives, if they don't understand that this is what's the process, then they're just going to be financially devastated, which is going to be most people. Yeah. But it, the more that you look at those numbers right there, you know, there could be a little bit of a pushback at first, you mm -hmm. know, because, you know, Ben Bernanke was asked, you know, everybody talks about, no, we're not monetizing the debt. Um, well, now, you know, it's well beyond monetizing the debt. But mm -hmm. if you roll out that e-dollar as this crisis is unfolding, um, mm -hmm. then you're adding in that, you know, because if there's no borrowers, right, mm -hmm. then then what are you doing? You're just printing. But if it's an e-dollar, you're kind of hiding that and buying a little bit of time yeah. as you roll out two systems while the old one fails and the new one pushes forward. Yeah. Um, and I totally do think, I, I do agree with you that the world is going digital as far as digital currency and as far as the nations are going to try and push this on. You know, after that, we'll get back to the gold and silver and then it'll be ultimately, you know, digital backed gold and silver back to digital sovereign currencies but first they're just going to try and push us with that digital fiat no watch this um, mm -hmm. so given this health scare i think this health scare changes changes everything because if there is a loss of the population and so i've heard i was listening to podcasts and they're talking about on the planet at this current moment there's about two billion baby boomers or two billion retirees or whatever and wow. so um if that is the current decade now and so there has to be sellers of these stocks and bonds or whatever to, to provide daily funding or monthly funding for all these baby boomers, depending mm -hmm. on what country you're in. And so a way, a way of wiping the slate, slate clean is, will, will be this health scare if it escalates to the point where it becomes a target used to minimize the baby boom generation. And so, I, you know, the young generation is not too knowledgeable of the importance of metals. So if it becomes a global pandemic where there's a loss of life, 7.4 billion, we're down to 3, 4 billion, worst case scenario, will there even be a need to back anything? Because majority of the population won't, will not be, you know, actually caring about having a gold and silver in their currency whatsoever, especially if it's digital. Mm -hmm. 
And so it'd be different if it's paper where you still have possession of something, but to have a, only a digital app on your phone that says E-Dollar, E-Corona, E-Euro, E-Russia, E-Ruble, E-Yuan. And so the governments don't need to back anything, and they probably won't because that's going to put a constraint on them. What do you I don't think? know. I don't know. I don't know. I think they were going to have to back it after the E-Dollar fails because mm-hmm. – because it's confidence, right? The whole thing that we hear all along is it's a confidence game. So if mm-hmm. you don't back it, you know, because you got issues with trade, right? Because, you know, until we can get manufacturing built back up in the United States, if we can ever get it built back up in the United States, you're going to have to trade. And then, yeah. you know, if you just got a digital asset and you're trading between nations, well, you know, are you going to trade some of those, uh, you know, so are you going to trade some of that corn for yeah. some Venezuelan E-dollars? I don't know. I don't I, I don't know. really trust that. So, yeah, I was talking. So I'm sorry. I was talking domestically, like, mm-hmm. you know, with it, like, you know, like domestics. Like, so, OK, here's the thing. A- after every reserve currency comes to an end, that currency primarily becomes just a local currency. So for just residents in this country here on the international scene, in order to do business with China after they recover, you're going to have to use gold. Right? So mm-hmm. that's flat out. Like that's what they're set up everything for. So mm-hmm. governments will use gold to reestablish trust amongst themselves. Yeah. But within our countries, when it comes to purchasing and working, the E-dollar will be something that will be encouraged and only because, you know, they, they, they can use this health care to where they're not going to issue any new papers. Like I saw a, a YouTuber talk about the Treasury note was coming back out. They already got Treasury notes printed up in vaults all across the country, ready to be rolled out. And I'm thinking, like, I don't think they rolling out paper or anything mm-hmm. tangible if this health scare is meant to be that removal of paper. Yeah. 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 Here's the problem, though. You're you're really good with Argentina. And, mm-hmm. you know, and like because these these e dollars, you know, you're going to have to just keep going through these inflationary periods where they have to keep resetting them if you're not backing them, because mm-hmm. the government is just going to spend more than it has. And if it's not back, then it's just going to keep doing it and repeating the cycle yeah. like Venezuela, like Argentina. So, I mean, yeah, they can try that. And, you know, it's unfortunate. I think that the people will learn really quick, though, that you don't really want to be holding on to those e dollars once it becomes obvious like that again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so agree. these are definitely unprecedented times. And, it's all picking up speed. And I think it really is, you know, going to be over the course of a year, like we had talking about. And it was from way back when, when that caller said a long time ago, you know, the slow print. And that's a great term because there was a hundred year slow print. Then there was the 10 year hyperinflation. Now the crack up boom. And when I go around it, there's the initial signs that it looks like it started, right? You know, you, mm-hmm. when you have $1 bottles of hand sanitizer selling for $10 on eBay, the crack up boom is starting. And right now it's just in the absolute most frantic panic buying of things, mm-hmm. but soon it's going to hit everything, especially yeah. when we see all around feds throwing money at this. IMF is throwing money at this. The biz is throwing money at this. We're going to start seeing all the fiscal stimuluses. Throwing currency. Throwing <laughs> currency at it. Yeah, throwing currency at it. Not money. I want to share I want to share this now because I think this uh, visual aid here is very uh, important to notice and to pay attention to. So this is just a recent balance sheet trends on the Federal Reserve website itself. Went there just to get an idea as to what some numbers were. And this was as of February 26th. But just look at the last decade and the incremental increase of everything in a sense. And so this blue line here represents currency and circulation. So prior to May, let me see, sort of the breaking point, of course, was the fall of 2008, September, <laughs> September. So you see like September is that breaking period for everything, mm-hmm. i.e. repo mark anyway. Yeah. So September, the markets broke. Everything went to hell. We know what happened. And then look at the incremental increase throughout time the slow print as you referred to so 813 billion and now as of 
February 26th is 1.7, it's 1.8 trillion uh, dollars or currency notes in circulation, not including all the digital stuff commercial banks have been doing. And so my thought is by this upcoming fall, in the worst case of worst case scenarios, we could see this line right here shooting up, <laughs> shooting up well beyond 1.8 trillion. And we could be looking at, you know, whether it be the digital issuance or just solely in paper form, we can actually see the Fed balance sheet and all the everything going like this, like Argentina, Venezuela style type of uh, graphs. What, what do you think? Is that a probability if this situation continues throughout the summer? Yeah, I think it is a probability. And I think I think that there's actually a lot more cash out there mm -hmm. than that. Like, mm -hmm. like, you know, and I can't prove this, right? But, you know, I go to ATMs frequently and, you know, I rarely ever get new bills. I always get like old raggedy bills for some reason. Maybe I'm mm -hmm. going to the wrong ATMs. <laughs> but um, that's point number one. And point number two, when you see those things like bills, like stuffed in supposedly red cross boxes for humanitarian aid but it's yeah. not really that it's actually cash cold hard cash when you see those pallets of cash stacked up and going to iran and stuff you know we don't know exactly how much has actually been printed and mm -hmm. i think as a way to keep other countries in line it's like assistant treasury secretary paul craig roberts said that one time they were like well how do we control other nations and he's like well give them cash and he's like what do you mean give them cash he's like literally we hand them bags of cash and that's how we keep other nations in line so you know i don't even trust that number there because i think mm -hmm. that there is way more cash out there that is in circulation than we're led on to believe so mm -hmm. i think we're about to see that too so in addition to it going parabolic like that there's also going to be an invisible parabolic rise because we're going to realize there's way much more cash out there mm -hmm. yeah so there so there there goes the, the the foundations and the 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 leading up to that great hyperinflation that everyone says oh it can never happen to the dollar you know we're the reserve currency and if there's more units out there that we've are, we already told that there's more hundred dollar bills outside this country than there are currently in here mm -hmm. and so if those paper bank notes are labeled as virus carriers then what are you going to do with those things? You got to spend them. You got to get them out your hands mm -hmm. and and do something with them. Therefore, driving up prices and flooding our country and flooding whatever else back with those notes. And that spells problems. So mm -hmm. long story short, in the long run, you, you may not necessarily want to hold on to many of those bank notes as we have in the past because they are now going to become a weapon that's meant to keep this system up and running. So apart from figuring out whatever your strategy is, go ahead. Because remember, right, the dollar has already, and you used to show this, and we used to talk about this graph a lot, but it's that one graph, right? The dollar mm -hmm. has already lost over 97% of its value. Yeah. That's the point, right? So that last 3%, wow, that's going to be super fast and super parabolic because we've already lost so much as it is, yeah. right? So that, that's why the speed of this is critical. And I agree with you with that because um, I do not keep any kind of money in the bank as far as what I need just to live and pay my bills and whatever upcoming expenses I have. And other yeah. than that, it's all out like going into my house or it's going into metal or it's going into food or whatever it's going into. Yeah. So I'll actually uh, pull up. I'll try to find that little visual aid that I always use and see. Here we go right here. So just pop this up here and you can see exactly what we're talking about. And this is on the screen. Let me pull it up right here. And so this is the graph I'm talking about right here, where from the initial the, the creation of the Federal Reserve, it was it was, you know, a dollar was a dollar in regards to what it could purchase. And then here we are now, you know, 100 and how many every years later. And this thing is probably 
worth is is definitely worth worth a lot less than we could have ever imagined. And mm-hmm. I'm not able to see that. So, but with that being the case, Mr. Half Dollar, you ready to dial back and call it in a day? Yep, let's dial it back. Let's call it a day. Um, lots of cruise ships to monitor, so we might be talking about that a little bit tomorrow. Um, yeah. crazy stuff going on with that. And also, uh, uh, one last thing I just want to say before we Go call ahead. it a Go day, ahead. Mike. One last thing. Go um, ahead. I want to post this link because I just want to show this uh, right. real quick. And this will only take Wait, that's not it. And this will only take like one second, but I just want to show you this picture here. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, one of the things is uh, Korea, right? South Korea. That's the problem spot outside of China right now. And, you know, I've been following the U.S. military and now there's six cases affecting U.S. forces Korea. So that's on the rise, too. Um, But just what I want to show you here is this news from NBC. And it says coronavirus. Ah, Sorry. Um, human malware. Human malware. <laughs> there we go. There we go with the demonetization. Um, human malware fears empty streets in some of the world's busiest cities. And here's the point with that. If you scroll down in that article, you'll see this thing with all these people in a line. Yeah. Ooh, you know, wait. money is going to be losing value really, really, really fast. And mm-hmm. here's the importance of preparing ahead of time. They are having an uncontrollable, horrible time in South Korea right now. Mm-hmm. And there's a shortage of masks. So what happens to the unprepared? They're going to look at all that close contact, right? They have wild, they have outbreaks like wildfire spreading. And look at all those people queued up to buy masks, right? Mm-hmm. Think of all the disease spreading that's going on in that picture. So yeah. that's just what I wanted to close out with today. Just the importance of preparing ahead of time. If this is not in your area yet, You do not want to be in that line right there. If you don't have a mask, it is better to not have a mask and stay away from that hot mess than to get in that hot mess to try and get a mask if they even have them by the time you get to the front of that line. So that's, you know, because it's starting to get serious, right? It's starting to get serious. And unfortunately, all those people were unprepared. And now how many of those people are going to end up getting this thing because they were unprepared and they're trying to scramble at the last minute? Right. That's that's all I wanted to say. Yeah. And then on, on another note, uh, I shared an article with, or a video with you yesterday about whenever there's a need, then the, the, the fake stuff always comes out. And so there's people out there now creating fake masks and fake everything. So you then have to be careful because if it's too good to be true, is it authentic? And mm-hmm. last thing we want to do is have something that's not officially real. And therefore you thought you were good and, but you weren't. So yeah, just something yeah. worthy of thinking about, but, uh, with that being the case, people, we have had a great session. It's been great. Hang out with us tomorrow, Silver Doctors. More of the same and more information. But other than that, if you've enjoyed this video, give it a thumbs up. Definitely share this. Leave a comment down below. And we'll see you guys later. Enjoy your day.